Welcome to episode 28 of the I Can Dig It podcast. I'm not going to say anything snarky because I'm very happy today. Uh, mm-hmm. Joining me today is Bailey. Hi. And Christian. Hello. So this episode is going to be a little bit weird. We're going to be talking about what we're playing and what we're listening to, of course. This is going to be our obligatory E3 episode. Bailey is going to have to dip about halfway through this. Mm-hmm. So he's good. we're going to talk about his stuff first. So uh, Christian, what have you been listening to, my man? What have I been listening to? Not too much, actually. Um, my favorite K-pop band, Red Velvet, came out with an EP called Sappy. Very good. Very bright, happy, colorful K-pop. If you want something fun, listen to it. Um, also, I've been listening to this album called Lust for Youth by the band Lust for Youth. Mm. Um, it just sounds like 70s-style Depeche Mode almost, like okay. 70s okay. indie alt-rock, and I really fucking like it. Um, I think like I could see this band touring with Turnover or something, let's say. I haven't listened to it too much. I've gotten like halfway through it, but I like it a lot so far. I haven't listened to Depeche Mode, and I feel like I should. I, Depeche Mode's one of my favorite like 70s, 80s bands. I love them so much. Give me a starter album. Uh, I can't name it off the top of my head. I'll give it to you later. Bitch. <laughs> I love them. Um, and then lastly, I've been re-listening to Ammo by Bring Me the Horizon. Still love that album. Still might be my favorite album of the year. Lyrics are still super fucking dumb half the time but they're growing on me and i like the album a lot <laughs> and that's about it coolio a grower and a shower oh. bailey hello the weekly that's what we're all here for the weekly the weekly i can dig it it has five songs on it there's a lot of female vocals because it's nice you have some indie pop some indie rock mac demarco's on here because why not i like that one song that he has the rest of the songs are, are kind of boring um, so let's start it off. We have Stock Image by Mia Follick. That's some indie pop. It's very nice. Very strong female vo- uh, vocals. She's uh, very powerful. Love it. Oil Show, Radiation City. Another indie pop song. Some hard female vocals, but a lot more synthy than Stock Image would be. A lot less female vocals in there, but more like instrumental stuff that's very nice to listen to. My Life by Rubble Bucket. That is some indie rock with some more female vocals, because why not? We need them. Keep it up, dude. Keep it up. And they're good. Actually, that was the last one. Oh. Um, Okay. How can we find this this this? Great I playlist? can dig it weekly. Spotify. You want it? You have it. You get it. You like it. You want it. But what about the rest of them? Don't we have like a bunch of dude? Other there's ones? a fat vault. Oh my god! Dude, welcome to the bank of Spotify. What's that one called? It's called the I can dig it vault. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change it to the I can dig it fat vault as more songs get <laughs> added into it. Give it a pH. We're really Come playing on. this like bank thing yeah really hard very nice <laughs> do the iron bank mm-hmm. so the next uh i have east over wives by dent may and that's like kind of an 80s synth thong that has a uh, synth thong sorry synth song i would wear a synth thong that would feel Ooh. great <laughs> all right <laughs> and that song um has a lot of uh i guess 80s inspired vocals and sounds it has a really nice piano chord progression in it that is carries out throughout the whole song and it's very nice to listen to and then we have my kind of woman by mac demarco which is, I think, Mac DeMarco has been, like, lauded as, like, the new up-and-comer of, like, indie rock and everything. Hopefully he kind of branches out of there because his stuff is really, like, weird. His new stuff is kind of boring, but, like, My Kind of Woman is a really kind of nice, chill song that has like very need, good guitars. I feel like I need to jump on them and Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Rainbow Kitten Surprise is the shit. That's like <laughs> that's like folk rock indie weird stuff. It's mm. super good. With a name like that, it better be good. Yeah, you wouldn't expect like Rainbow Kitten Surprise to be like, yeah, we're gonna do folk music. Like, <laughs> no, I expect like 
some weird ass dubstep that I'm gonna hate. Give me that J. Yeah, like I imagine he like one of them went up to their kid and he's like, "What's the band name?" And she's like, "Rainbow Kid and Surprise." Duh, Dad. Like, <laughs> and they're like, "We're going." With she's it. like trying yeah. to push like a triangle block into a round hole. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. she's the mastermind behind it all. But yes, oh, please. All of this can be found on Spotify. Just search "I Can Dig It Weekly" or "I Can Dig a Vault." Look for the shovel and our, our blue little icon, and you'll find all of this stuff. And again, all of these songs in the weekly will get rotated into the vault the next time you meet, and there will be a new batch of weekly songs. Very nice, very so, nice. So there it is. There very it goes. Very nice. Oh. Very happy about that. I uh, have been listening. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Uh, I've been listening to pretty much all of the Wonder Years discography except for their new shit. I'm very not nice. really a fan of that. Uh, f- mostly uh, The Greatest Generation and The Upsides have been pretty much on repeat all the time in my phones. You guys know how I feel about that. I feel like Greatest Generation is one of the best albums by the Wonder Years. Uh, the Upsides is a great debut album. Well, it's not, well let's not talk about their first first album <laughs> because nice. they don't. Yep. Nope. <laughs> Other than that, it's been a summery mood. It's what I'm listening to the Wonder Years and one of my favorite albums from 2013, uh, Ruby Dagger by Starship Amazing. Great electronica uh, chiptune Good shit by uh, my one of my favorite people on the internet, Derek Alexander and Calvin, his uh, former cohort. So really like that shit. Really dig it. Uh, favorite tracks off of there: Funky Boy and Robo World, Born Radical, uh, Punk Games, Punk Gangs of Our Glistening Dreamscape. Really good shit. Love that. Uh, man, that's all I've been listening to, honestly. Hey Bailey. What's up? What video games have you been engaging in that aren't Borderlands? It's actually just Borderlands. Bitch. Still? <laughs> um, really? Yeah. So, like, I thought I was max level. Then it turns out, like, the best marketing strategy you can do for your game is release free DLC for it. And that's what Borderlands 2 did. It's wild. <laughs> it bumped the level cap eight levels. So the max level is now 80. It made it to where you can start any class at level 30. Just to Ooh. skip a bunch of shit. Oh, sure. They added a bunch of new bosses that have very good loot in them. They added a new weapon, like, class. Not like class, like some machine guns, but like rarity. It's called Effervescent. Effer, uh, Effervescent? Effervescent. <laughs> okay. So instead of, like, it being orange or, like, blue for really good rarity, it's a rainbow. So I like, like that. Cool. Yeah, so, like, all the skins for that are, like, this weird kind of rainbow texture on it. Yeah. I got one question for you. Yeah. So this is new Borderlands content. Yes. Which means that Anthony Birch is not involved, correct? Yes. How has the writing changed? It is surprisingly, like, there's still weird bullshit and, like, the side characters, okay. but Tiny Tina has good lines in it. Oh, which nice. is weird. She, like, okay, so there's a scene where she jumps in and she's like, I'm gonna build you a rocket, like, regular shit, you know? Like, I'm here to blow stuff up, and that's what I do. I'm 12, fuck it. Like, whatever. That's her thing. And she I'm shows new in up. Town. <laughs> yeah. So she shows up and she's like doing all this stuff. She's like, I'm gonna role play, you're doing this, all this annoying shit. And then she's like, Can we get real for a second? Like, I'm just really worried about everybody and I wanna like really help. And like I feel like if I stop moving, like everything will end and I don't know what to do if I stop. Damn, what? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, Oh what? <laughs> what would have had this a game ago? Yeah, and it's like oh, Okay. <laughs> wow, Tina. All right. Yeah, and then like. Is she still played by uh, Ashley Birch? I think so. Oh, good. Show. And like all the voice acting is like marginally better in this new DLC because it's like what? When did Borderlands 2 come out? Like, 2012. 2012. It's seven years from when the game was released. So like all the voice actors are like super good now. And like mm-hmm. it all sounds like way better. Okay. And so like Tiny Tina isn't as annoying in terms of just like 
her voice and like her lines were way were way better for some reason and the villain has some good lines as well and he's making like legit critiques on your like heroes as the crimson raiders as they stand he's like you guys don't really have a leader and i'm gonna taunt you the whole time because the person who's leading you lilith sucks at it and it's like oh shit yeah lilith was really selfish in borderlands too yeah and like he constantly is commenting like we uh mordecai spoilers i'm just gonna it's like it's a seven-year-old game yeah so mordecai uh in this new dlc gets infected with a certain thing and she brings him back to camp. And the dude immediately comes by and he's like, you're a dumbass. You just brought this infected person into your camp. That's a bad move. You're a bad commander. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, shit. And there's, like, several examples of that throughout the whole DLC. And, like, she, it shows her growing as, like, a commander and everything like that. And the big hurrah is like, well, this is the leader now and all that. And then... So what you're telling me is mm-hmm. they actually did Borderlands 2 right. Yeah. And it's a good kind of, like, lead up into Borderlands 3, which is what this DLC was supposed to do. It was supposed to set up the story for Borderlands 3, yeah. which it did. They're fucking like, here, finally. this is what Borderlands 3 is going to be, and now I'm fucking excited for like, it. Decent <laughs> writing, good voice acting, and finally mm-hmm. we get the critique on Vault Hunters that we should have had with Handsome Jack. Yeah, and there's also the introduction of the Tales of the Borderlands characters into the world. Oh, shit, how'd that go? Um, Some of them are obnoxious, some of them are fine. Okay. There's one guy that was really good in Tales of the Borderlands, and like he turned into a crazy person, and he's kind of obnoxious now. But like, that's the way it goes. I'm I'm just surprised that there was any good writing at all. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, that's nice. awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. So if the DLC does this. a good job, I bet the game will do at least a little better. Yeah. So. So I'm happy for that. Sick. Let's hope that's coming out on September 30th, right? Uh, I I believe so. September 30th. Very excited about so. that then. Yeah. Christian, what have you been playing? Uh, recently I rebought the Nathan Drake collection. Of course Uncharted you did. One you through fucking three. thought. No. <laughs> Fuck you. The Uncharted series is like one of my favorite series right behind Devil May Cry. <laughs> and I was replaying through Uncharted 2 because it's objectively the best game in the series. And that is still one of my favorite games ever made. Fight Christian on his opinions. Uh, do it. Fucking let's go. <laughs> I've only played fucking the third one. I'm not a big fan of... I, I really like the third one a lot, but I can acknowledge that the second one's probably better. I second haven't one? played any. I was an Xbox kid. Yeah. I had nothing to do with those. It's this... real good shit. Like, the third one has some of the best, like, sand physics I've ever seen, which doesn't sound like much of a compliment, <laughs> but it looks gorgeous. No, it's amazing. The second one, the opening to that game is one of the best openings I've ever played in a game. You start off waking up in a train, and it's like, oh, everything looks fine. Then he looks down, and he's got, like, a gunshot in his stomach. And then all of a sudden, stuff starts flying at you, and you realize the train is actually hanging off a cliff, and you have to climb up it. And it's like, this is dumb as shit, and it's so cool. So what you're telling me is the Nathan Drake collection is $10 right now. I should probably get it. It's I love it. Uncharted 1 is, like, janky as fuck. It's, like... Their first attempt, the shooting doesn't feel really great, but the story gets crazy. And we can I just skip the first it. one. Like, there's no canonicity in there. They just pretty much reboot everybody in the second one, anyway. No, the first one follows the the first one sets up the story. The second one follows it. it sets up the characters. I yeah, feel. but like, like nobody cares about like the you story. don't have to play the first one, but the first one's canon for sure. No, I know it's not like. They're not making it non-canon. It's just like it doesn't matter as much anymore. No, but I mean, if you want to get. Serious, like, you don't need to play any of them before you play any of them, if that makes sense. You can just jump into the fourth one and you'll get it, which is something I appreciate about the games a lot. Speaking of, do you have a physical copy of the fourth one? Yes. Might have to borrow that from you. (laughs) Fourth one's great. Second one's the best. Um, Absolutely love it. Writing's great. Uh, Characters are great. Nathan Drake reminds me a lot of Spider-Man. I think that's why I like him so much. Just his, like, 
cockiness, his jokingness, but also just how much he wants to be the hero. Quipping while you murder people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and like, I know people hate the like hide behind hide behind cover shoot type gameplay, but I'm a sucker for it and I love it. I think Uncharted does it well enough because it feels like the enemies are trying to like flush you out of cover a lot. There's a lot of people coming at you from a lot of different directions and mm-hmm. there's enough uh, set pieces to really offset the shoot, pop and stop and pop. Yeah, and you can also play the game however you want. Like this time I decided to just do dumb crazy shit and like run out with a shotgun and jump behind people and it works That's well. That's how you play the game. Yeah, you can <laughs> yes. make the game like just super aggressive. And Fox I stealth. It. I want to see a <laughs> right. gun caught a Nathan Drake. Oh, please. Uh, yes. Otherwise, love it. Best game. That's about it. <laughs> All right. I have been playing pretty much exclusively. Uh, there's a big PlayStation sale for E3. Uh, I hopped on, um, what was it? Prey. Yeah. Mm. 2017. Ooh, mm, I feel bad for not buying that game. I feel real, real bad for not buying that game because it is so, so good. Um, Prey takes place in a space station off, like just right off of the moon's gravity. Um, And there's this typhon outbreak of these creatures that can mimic and like redistribute energy and shit. And it's crazy and creepy. And with the typhon cells... You can implant memories in them and implant them through your eyeball, which is really fucking scary, but it's like actual memories. Like if you were to take an ability of some master guitarist and implant them into your brain, you could play the guitar just as well as them. Huh. And so if this sounds familiar, like you getting abilities and fighting things with a wrench, it is basically just Bioshock 3 done right. Okay. So it's Bioshock in space. Uh, There's a lot of crazy resource management. Um, feels a lot like Resident Evil 4 and the the resource management with the different spaces of different things. Hell yeah. Um, it's kind of a light RPG, a lot of resource management, a lot of exploration, a lot of... Um, what I really like is that there's a lot of uh, vertical exploration. Uh, you have this thing called the glue gun, G-L-O-O, and it shoots these big globules of glue that you can climb up because they harden instantly. They can also be used to you know, stop the enemies, and you can walk up to them and hit them for extra damage with uh, different weapons. There's all sorts of different options for it. Uh, your quote-unquote plasmids in this game uh, can be used to upgrade your stealth, and you can sneak around, you can upgrade your uh, ability to lift shit like in Deus Ex, but it doesn't feel clunky like in Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. And everything has enough weight, and the combat is really good, the sound design is fantastic, the music is ex- exceptional, and the uh, graphics and tech in that game are stupendous it's one of the best looking games i've ever played i'm so mad at myself that i didn't play this game when it came out but get prey just because you didn't get it when it came out it's not getting a sequel (laughs) just because of you you got me there man you've got me there isaiah single-handedly shut down the the studio other than that i've been playing through um all the shovel knight games in anticipation for the two dlc packs that are coming out i saw some gameplay for um King Knight, and he is the shit. He's awesome. He looks like Wario. He looks like Wario, and it's that's all I want from him. So uh, I've been playing... Uh, I played through Spectre of Torment. I think I talked about that last show. Playing through Plague of Shadows. Very good. Plague of Shadows is so unique. I love that game. I'd put it at the bottom of the DLC, but that doesn't mean it's a bad game, I would say. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it's one that I would go back to often, but your pl- first playthrough is awesome. It's so cool. Like, just in terms of being able to customize everything. So that's what I've been playing. Uh, let's get on to E3 so that Bailey can talk about what he wants to talk about. Go right. press conference by press conference. Uh, it's uh, kind of short because there's very, very little this E3 until Nintendo. Yeah. 
So. And Bailey needs to talk about Bethesda specifically with one title. What's I need to talk about Doom. What's up, Bailey? <laughs> I, need going on? About, I need to talk about Doom Eternal, my What's going man. on with Doom Eternal? What's um, that game? It is coming out in November 22nd of this year. What else about it? I heard we got some new multiplayer modes. Yes, the battle mode. It's where you have three people in an arena. There are two player-controlled demons that have like more health and the ability to summon and control demons. Yes? Do we know what demons are being represented here? So far, we just have the Revenant and the Fat Demon. I forget its name. That's the. That's not the Caca Demon. I think it's it? the Mancubus. Yeah, Mancubus. So we I have. I think it's mainly any of the like bigger ones. Can I play as a Caca Demon? <laughs> I think you can. Please. But like they said, there's a variety of demons. You just got to see those two. But it's basically those two player controlled demons with a lot of skill, not skill, I guess strategy and planning against a Slayer, a Doom Slayer that is fully equipped. And has to beat the shit out of them before they can strategize around him. So what you're, it kind of sounds like a combination of an RTS and Left 4 Dead. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. It looks I dig really that shit. cool. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm. Other than that, Doom looks way more arcadey than it ever has before. Jeez. There is tons of like pickups and drops. The Doom guy's voice is like more of a classic sound. When he gets hit, he does like the classic <clears throat> oof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which I've heard people say is like man, but. Whatever, it's just Doom, baby. Dude, make it as gamey as fucking possible. The last mm -hmm. game was gamey as shit. Make it even more gamey. And uh, He's the, basically the fucking predator in this game. Basically. Eat shit. And now he has, like, tons of movement options. They showed, like, Tell a trailer that was exclusively for, like, here's how you can quadruple, triple, dash, jump around the arena and everything like that. And there are pickups uh, like more akin to. Yeah, right? yeah, they're like uh, Celeste. Where you fucking dash into something and you get to refill your dashes. Mm. Yeah, and there's it like looks huge distances. Stupid. It looks great. All the weapons look nuts. All the demons look great. We're just learning more about the environments. Apparently, there's a heaven aspect now. I want to fight God. You <laughs> might. I want to kick his fucking ass. That's the cool part. We that didn't it get might anything happen. about SMT or Bayonetta. I want to fight God. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it looks crazy. It what, looks I, was, nuts. I saw some shit where it was like. Doing a double jump into an air dash into a ground slide into all these fucking like the shoulder cannons yeah, and a yeah. shotgun blast and the fucking super shotgun hooks and shit. It looks wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the hooks with the super shotgun look like you can do so much movement too. Like you can go around. Yeah, an you enemy can with arc it your shit. swing yeah. and everything. So where like you grapple somebody and like your momentum's gonna carry you around them, and then you can dash and go somewhere else instead of it just being like a streamline where you grapple something and you go directly there. You can arc it and like fucking Spider Man. Like you it's can just so cool. boom. <laughs> Here's the thing I'm excited that shooters are learning from Doom 2016. The more movement options you put in the game, 10 times out of 10, it's going to make it a more fun game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A mm -hmm. hundred times out of a hundred. Mm -hmm. Like, just seeing that I could, like, do a running slide in fucking Prey made me so happy because it's, it, I love that shit. Mm -hmm. it, it makes it easier to move around. It gives you more tactical options. And it's good to just have that layer of polish. And Doom Eternal looks like it has that in fucking spades. Mm-hmm. Like, more movement options that I've seen in anything other than, like, fucking... What's that game where you're sliding around on mountains and shit and fragging people? I have no idea. Oh, boy. I don't know. Tribes. Tribes. It I... looks like fucking tribes, but with demons in it. Yeah, Touche. I don't know what that is. But something else happened. What's that? Keanu Reeves. The Microsoft press conference, Bailey. What happened? You're breathtaking. <laughs> so, uh, Microsoft got, I guess, rights to talk about... Um, Cyberpunk 2070. Mm -hmm, which is the newest project for CD Projekt Red. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Cyberpunk 2077, the newest project from CD Projekt Red, the people who made The Witcher 3, 
which means that like goddamn it's gonna be good. Speaking of the Witcher 3 so real quick, shit. Witcher 3 is going to be on the Switch. Good. It deserves oh, to yeah. be. That game is chock full of just crap. Like, oh my god. I could play that game for probably 100 hours and still be like, I don't feel like I did everything. <laughs> like, there's so much shit in that game. It's amazing and I expect Cyberpunk 2077 to have like the same amount or like exponentially more than that shit because the world it's a city now it's not just a flat plane with some peasants fucking around like it's just people in like these layered cities and you gotta go up to them do you wanna fucking shoot them do you wanna talk to them do you wanna hack do you wanna go into this weird cyber dimension because you're icy for some reason I don't know how that works but they do it like you can do that fuck it the body augmentation part's really cool too. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Just how the world's gonna change because of that you're probably gonna fight some weird bosses. With yes, that. Mm. people who've just like decked out their bodies super weird. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then we have a a modeled Keanu Reeves giving me missions and telling me what's good. I love that. I love Keanu Reeves being in games where guns are a thing. Ah. Uh. I just love seeing him out on the stage. He's, and he's such, such a, dad. a dad. Yeah, uh, he's so good. He's so pure. <laughs> he's he's like, so excited about things. Well, after the breathtaking thing, he was like, "Okay, um, uh, release date." <laughs> and then he points to the screen, yeah, and he's, he's so like, excited. "Check this out!" And it's like a full body motion. <laughs> you're like, people have green screened the uh, actual E3 screen and just putting shit on it now. So yeah. like, there's a seen, bunch of weird shit. I saw, my favorite one is when Max is like, "Check this out." Capcom presents yeah. <laughs> versus series, <laughs> like, dude. John Wick versus Capcom, fucking. Mm-hmm. So that's um, that's coming, and it looks great. And lastly, I want to just bust out Borderlands Three real quick. Borderlands Three, go for it. Go um, for it. new gunner slash soldier class was shown. Mose, she's the person that has the dig- the digestructed uh, mech. That's that my she main. Can hop into. That's my main. Um, its name is Iron Bear. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's like a little girl with a big fucking mech. She suit. basically, basically is. I'm gonna pass these screenshots around to you guys while I'm talking about her. So there you go. You can scroll through those. So apparently her backstory is she is part of the Vladoff Corporation. She's a part of like a weird spec ops thing. They're called like the Ursa Group or whatever, and she's just a total badass. <laughs> I think Isaiah got to the mech. Yep. But um, Dude, it looks like one of the fucking mechs from Lost Planet. Yeah, it looks sick. So it's a huge mech that's like three times bigger than her, and it's super bulky, and you can sw- uh, swap out the like guns it has on its sides and everything. Are there multiple styles of mech? Because I saw a different yes. fucking... Oh, my God. There are. You can customize your mech, I believe, and you can change the, what kind of guns are on it. All right, so that's my main. And so you can either get in the mech controller, or you can have the mech follow you and just fuck shit up, and you can have mm. your friends hop on the mech. So she looks great. She looks cool. Also, more Borderlands 3 content. The new environment they showed was like a swampy place. It was awesome. All the guns they showed were amazing. Like, no gun looked the same as any other gun. And it was sick. I loved it. It was amazing. It was cool. Um, I don't really know what else to talk about. <laughs> it looks like with the mechs, you can have, like, different looking yeah. mechs, which is mm-hmm. really cool. I'm excited Probably, about Probably, like, your upgrades make it do different things, which is really mm-hmm. cool. It and could also like... uh, oh, be the... Uh, they could have it just be like where your character model changes where like in Borderlands 2 you can change like your face and what kind of like skin you want. You can probably do that with the mech too. Oh, so you have so different cool. skins, different attributes for it and everything like that. And they look like the right kind of references mm-hmm. because that the second one obviously looked like the Gypsy Danger from fucking Oh, what's that movie called? Or Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. Okay. The second one looked like Gypsy Danger. The first one looked like a fucking mech from uh, Lost Planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were doing the right kind of references instead of just being like, you guys remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> it's like, no, it's just if you know the reference, it's there. It's there for you to see it. So so that looks sick. I'm excited for like those three things specifically. Nothing else really 
like blew my mind. Like I was intrigued, curious, mayhaps, but I wasn't like mind blown by anything else besides Keanu Reeves, Dune Eternal, and Borderlands 3. I was going to bring up, there's this interview with Keanu Reeves, and he's just like, I love making movies. I love making movies. And it's so good to see a person in Hollywood that's actually excited about shit instead of being jaded as fuck about everything. I know, even on stage, he has that presence of like... The crowd went fucking nuts for him too. Like he was like, "Okay, okay, I have to talk about the game now." Yeah, he's like, "Guys, I gotta finish up here. Like I gotta go." Uh, I love him. And speak on on Keanu's note, I also have to go. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's a bummer. Okay, we'll talk about the rest of it, Bailey. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I love you guys. Goodbye, hot man. I gotta pack up my shit. You can probably hear this audio in a weird way, but I love you guys. We're keeping it all in. From a distance. From a distance, I love you. Fucking hurry up. Distance, Man, get the fuck guys. out. Alright. We heard you talk about go. Just from a couple feet. Bye. I love you guys. For a couple <laughs> don't hit my hate. <laughs> Have a good time with your fucking girlfriend. Virgin. Okay. I was really hoping that me smacking him in the ass was gonna come up in audio, but I don't think it did. It might have. <laughs> anyway. So do you want to Let's just go down the things we're excited about. Uh, we talked about Doom Eternal and Borderlands 3. So uh, we got an announcement for a new IP. From Bethesda. Ooh. Ghostwire Tokyo? Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, it looks so good. So this is made by the same developer of The Evil Within. And, I mean, the trailer we saw, it just looks fucking weird. It looks like it's going to be an awesome, like, character action game, maybe, with a bunch of horror elements to it, and I'm excited. I'm hoping it has, like, a Gantz vibe. Have you ever seen Gantz? Mm-mm. It's, like, weird. It's, it's a really, it's kind of bad. Oh. But it's like these people, every night, they're forced to uh, suit up in these kind of super soldier suits that enhance their bodies and buy weapons and kill these fucking demons. And it's really violent and stupid, but it kind of gives me that sort of vibe of like Tokyo at night with demons, which I fucking dig. Yeah, I love the aesthetic and I love that they're doing weird shit, but it doesn't look so weird and like mysterious that I'm turned off like I was with Death Stranding and And still am with Death Stranding. (laughs) Let me find the art director because everybody fell in love with her. Uh, But it looks really good. looks like ninjas and demon fighting and i'm totally down with that um ikumi nakamura she's done a lot of work for okami she did the backgrounds for that she did a lot of the character design for bayonetta i think she's the one that designed bayonetta actually well yeah this game's gonna be great then (laughs) and she also did the some of the design work for the first evil within and she did the good design work for the evil within too and if you look at the creatures of evil within too they're very creative very fucking spooky looking and I'm excited for her to get the reins behind uh, this one. Uh, everybody fell in love with Ikumi Nakamura. Uh, she has kind of become a meme, and she's aware of it, and she likes it. Yeah. So I'm very happy about that. She's great. Other than that, we got a trailer for a game called Deathloop. We know nothing about it, but it looks cool. Yeah, made by the people who did Dishonored, and Dishonored's a great game, so I'm excited. Uh, I just hope it looks like a lot of gunplay and stuff. I hope they kind of nail that because if I remember correctly, Dishonored didn't have the best sort of uh, shooting mechanics. Mm -hmm. The cool thing about Dishonored was like the stealth versus killing everyone mechanic and like stealth was really good in that game. But once you got to like, I need to kill all these people, it never felt too good to me. Yeah, it was kind of loose, disconnected sort of thing. So excited about that. Uh, In terms of EA, everything is mediocre except for Star Wars Jedi uh, colon... Fallen Order. Yeah, I have. I don't give a shit about Star Wars, so I'm gonna let, let you talk. Yeah, this game. I'm, I'm kind of off the Star Wars hype train lately, but this trailer caught my attention. It looks like a cool mix between like 
Uncharted, Nathan Drake climbing with like Jedi maybe Knights. God of War esque fighting and like Jedi's and lightsabers, which is cool. Um, the trailer looked a little bit boring, but I feel like if they can get some of the combat to feel close to maybe how God of War feels and like just a lot more skillful combat would be really cool. But yeah, would, my hopes aren't too high. I think it'd be really cool if we got like from what we saw in the trailer, it looked like really cool one on one sort of gameplay. And that would be cool. Which, you know, I'd be down and uh, I kind of hope they put in like lightsaber shit so I can cut somebody in half. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that. You know me. <laughs> yeah. So it looks cool, but I'm totally ready for it to be like five out of tens across the board when it mm-hmm. comes out so i don't have my hopes too high but i would love for it to be cool so you're not going to pre-order but you're definitely excited yes okay i would wait for the reviews other than <laughs> that uh square enix had an okay showing this is a very meh year at e3 again um marvel avengers looks fine yeah i i have beef with the trailer that it showed because all of the marvel characters that they showed look exactly like they do in the mcu which it makes it weird, really weird when anyone talks because you're like, oh, that looks like Tony Stark, but it doesn't sound like Robert Downey Jr. You yeah, know? it looks like it's not even they, they couldn't get the the like likenesses for these people, so they came with their fucking stunt doubles. Yeah, that's what it looks like, and I would rather see them take it in a direction that either looks super cartoony or it just looks like a different universe, like it's supposed to be, like Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, or like, um, like uh, the Spider-Man game. Peter doesn't look anything like he does in the MCU or anything. Like, do your own thing. That's why people like the Spider-Man game so much. It didn't follow any of the comics. It did whatever it wanted to, which was really refreshing to see. So my hopes are like, this game looks cool. Whatever combat we saw looks interesting because each character looks super unique. Like Iron Man, you're obviously flying around and stuff, but I don't know. Quick interjection. Uh, Speaking of the MCU, Tom Holland is going to be playing Nathan Drake, I guess. Yeah, in the Uncharted movie coming out. I think... Yeah, it's supposed to be him as a young Nathan Drake, which I'm super excited to see. I would watch the shit out of that. I love Tom Holland and whatever he's, whatever he's in. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen Nathan him Drake. in a movie and disliked him. Exactly. I love him so much. Uh, other than that, though, like you said, multiple different styles of gameplay would be cool. I would appreciate if we got like a Hulk Ultimate Destruction style for Hulk grabbing shit, throwing it around, jumping yeah. around. Um, if they can nail um, Iron Man's flying and all that shit, that'd be really cool that'd to be see. A great like, game. The last type of game that I remember being like that was Dark Void, and it was like okay. Yeah. So I would love to see a like flying shooter like that. That would be really cool. But I'm also worried if they have all these gameplay styles that all of them are just gonna kind of kind of be meh yeah, instead of them focusing the on one of it. Yeah. So I hope it's good, but I'm also ready for this one to just be meh. Um, we that. also saw the Final Fantasy VII remake. A we got bit. to see Tifa. Ooh, it like visually, this game looks amazing, mm-hmm. and I love that like the sword that Cloud has still looks dumb and big. Like they're not trying to make it look too realistic and stuff, you know. But I'm still, I'm still really confused on how the combat is in this game. Is it strictly a beat 'em up? Is it? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, if you've ever played Kingdom Hearts, it looks like that. The kind of dial system where you. Uh, Kind of go through the list and select. It, lo- it looks like a combination, like pretty much just Kingdom Hearts three, but um, Final Fantasy seven. Okay. So from what I've heard, uh, well, from what we saw, first of all, we got a bunch of different um, graphical enhancements from the 2015 uh, trailer. Game looks gorgeous. It's breathtaking. Oh, it looks amazing. Like I, and apparently you can play as all the different characters. So I'm going to be playing the shit out of Barrett and Tifa. Ooh. Uh, we've seen Aerith. Aerith looks good. Um, apparently the first, di- it's, I think it's going to be two discs and, which is fucking wild. In Whoa, that means it's huge. 
And it's going to be covering up until we get to Midgar, which in the original game I've heard is about five hours in. Wait, what? Yeah. Isn't that wild? So the... Wait, so the game they release only covers five hours of the game? If you remember from the first time they announced it, it is going to be episodic. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. And two discs for one episode? That's crazy. So I'm kind of looking forward to it, but I'm, I'm standoffish. I've, I've, I wasn't old enough to appreciate Final Fantasy VII when it came out. Same I think it here. came out when we were born. Yeah, I've never gone back and played through it, but I know like its history of being one of the best games ever made. I started playing it on the Switch, and I really appreciate it for what it was. And it's still good. Like With the um, adjustments they've made to the translation, the writing is actually pretty good. Uh, a lot of the art is pretty fantastic. The combat system, I don't love active time. I like being able to think about things for a second, but I do enjoy it well enough. It's no press turn system, but I enjoy it. Yeah. I think, like, I hope the remake's going to be great because I want to appreciate the story of Final Fantasy VII without going back and playing the original, mm-hmm. even though I might someday. Because, like, anytime I just, even though it's like a PlayStation 1 era game, that game still looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, all the character models and stuff in combat, it looks great. I love it. And also, we got an announcement that Final Fantasy VIII is getting remastered just like Final Fantasy VII and IX on the Switch, and X, ten, ten to 12 just everything's getting remastered, and it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, be excited about that. I've heard Final Fantasy VIII is kind of the black sheep of that PlayStation trilogy, but we'll have to see. I've heard a lot of people say it's really good. It's, it's, it's kind of the mixed opinion game. Yeah, so it's like... That one's going to be like a remaster where Final Fantasy VII is a full remake. Yeah. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Just updating the textures, making sure everything looks nice. Uh, kind of bummed out that they're probably not going to be redoing the pre-rendered backgrounds, but, you know, say la vie. Yeah. Um, time to move on to the big motherfucker on campus because Sony hasn't done anything yet. I guess nope. they're doing their own Sony Direct that's separate from E3. Nintendo had by far the best pre- press conference. Even on a big good year, this would be a good press conference, and it is uh, magnified a hundredfold by the fact that this was kind of a shitty E3. Yeah, I fe- I think Nintendo was like the only one to show gameplay for almost every single one of oh, their yeah. IPs. Like, we got gameplay for Final Fantasy VII and Star Wars, and that's it. And Doom Eternal. And Doom Eternal. But and I'm kind of lately I'm kind of soured on seeing trailers and no gameplay. So it was super nice to see Nintendo be like gameplay, gameplay, gameplay. Uh, yeah, and I. I could kind of forgive the games that just had trailers because, A, they were big releases that I wasn't expecting, and, B, uh, they had enough gameplay to balance it out. Yeah. So the press conference started with the announcement that the protagonists of Dragon Quest are going to be the next DLC characters for this coming summer, and I am so excited to play as Erdrick and the guy from Final Fantasy... I'm not Final Fantasy. Dragon Quest Eleven and Dragon Quest... Uh, I saw the guy from Dragon Quest Seven in the um, the his super... And you could play as the guy from Dragon Quest VIII, which is super <laughs> exciting. I love Dragon Quest so much. I have the 3DS Dragon Quest games. I'm going to be pre-ordering Dragon Quest XI on the Switch, which is also coming to the Switch, Dragon Quest XI. Yeah. Uh, it's going to have a bunch of extra content. It's going to have uh, the orchestrated score, which is really exciting because the, le- the original release had the uh, MIDI score. Mm-hmm. This one has fully orchestrated, gorgeous score. Uh, on the Switch, you can play it in the pixelated mode or in the 3D mode. Oh, that's hella cool. You can switch between those at will. It's gorgeous in the 3D mode. The design work in that game is phenomenal because it is the biggest JRPG of all time. 
Dragon Quest XI. I'm super excited about it. Super excited to have the protagonist in there. He has a bunch of different spells for his different specials. Uh, he looks like he has a reflect, which is really nice. And then he's one character, but each costume is a different character, yes. right? Different Dragon Quest protagonists. So they'll all probably play the same or very similar, I would assume, mm-hmm. right? I would think there might just be like an echo, maybe just a couple of different spells and types of uh, recovery and shit. But other than that, we got Erdrick. Yeah. I'm a, I think that's cool, especially because I didn't realize that's a Nintendo IP that's not in Smash. No, it's a Square IP. Oh. It's just they have this huge history with Nintendo. Okay, that's why I was like... Okay, that makes sense. But I'm excited. Even though I've never played a Dragon Quest game, it looks like a super interesting character to have I in Smash. I bought you Dragon Quest V for Christmas like six years ago. I played a couple hours for it, and it wasn't for me. I'm sorry. I'm going to borrow that then. Okay, <laughs> I think I still have it in my room. I see it every once in a while, and I'm just like, what if? <laughs> anyway, after that, we got gameplay for Luigi's Mansion 3, which I love. It looks so good. The gameplay trailer was amazing. The announcer is all campy and like, you're going to be facing Ghost and all this stuff, and I love it. It's awesome. So a couple of new additions. It is confirmed that we are going to be inside of a hotel. So it kind of, it reads like a nice happy middle between Luigi's Mansion 1 and 2. Yeah. Because Luigi's Mansion 1 was one continuous environment. Luigi's Mansion 2 was split up into different stages. It feels like you're going to have a continuous stage with different biomes, which is a happy compromise in my opinion. Yeah, that's really cool. We saw like swamp areas, movie sets, and all that. Um, the classic gameplay is going to be there and with a new slam mechanic where you can oh, yes. whip the ghosts around and slam them on the ground. Yeah. Um, the poltergeist also has an ability to let you short hop, which yeah. is, I think is fucking cute. You can short hop. You can like suction cup something and pull it back and like break things. Which okay. I love. And there's the gooey mechanic. Oh, so so it's the poltergeist G-O-O, I think it's called. Yeah. And... You can summon a goo version of Luigi. He is weak to water, but he is essentially a character that you can take control of and do puzzles with two different characters at the same time. Uh, it introduces a co-op mode to the story. And eight-player multiplayer, yeah. which is taken over from uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 back into this one. I played a little bit of it when I was playing Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, and it is a ton of fun. Yeah. I love to see Nintendo continuing on with, like, couch multiplayer. I oh, love that shit. So nice. So nice. Couch multiplayer, online multiplayer, up to eight Luigis on screen at the same time. So four regular Luigis, four Gooigis having a great time. It yeah. looks like a ton of fun. Saving a bunch of toads, sucking up a bunch of ghosts. Mm. I love it. I'm so excited for Luigi's Mansion. We didn't get a release date for it, did we? No, we got a release date. I think it's just later this year. I'm so ready. Very excited. Very, very happy with Luigi's Mansion 3 and how it's turning up. Um... We got a lot more gameplay for The Legend of Zelda uh, Link's Awakening for the Switch. Oh, it looks so good. We got the announcement that there's going to be a special edition with a Game Boy uh, Steelbook case, which looks really cute. There's going to be a Amiibo for uh, the kind of, I guess we can call him Toy Link. Yeah. Little chibi cute Toy Link. Uh, the gameplay looks so good. I'm so glad they're still doing top-down uh, Zelda games because... They hold a special place in my heart. They're so good. It's like you, you you think like the 3D Zelda games are just the best because of the scope, but then you like bring it down to that level and it's all about just the gameplay and the puzzle solving at that moment. Yeah. It's so good. Um, A Link Between Worlds is definitely like, if Breath of the Wild didn't come out, it would be my favorite Zelda <laughs> I game. I was just about to say that. Like A Link Between Worlds is like one of the finest games, like game games ever. Mm-hmm. Like there's very little separating you from the game in that game. It's so fun. I love it. We got a little bit more gameplay for um, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yes. Uh, did we get to talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield last episode? 
Mm, no. no. Oh, Because that, that was like a couple days ago. Let's talk about Sword and Shield. Um, so yeah. we got a Sword and Shield Direct. This is going to be a longer episode then. Uh, we got a Sword and Shield Direct recently. I think it was on the 5th or the 6th. Mm, yeah, it was It was a couple days ago. So not too So long. it was fantastic. We learned that there is going – everybody was bitching about, oh, this is a Pokemon game on a next generation console in HD 720 and you're not going to be able to move the camera. That's lame. Wrong, bitch. <laughs> there are town segments and then there are these massive open world segments. And depending on the time of day, the weather conditions, and where you are, different Pokemon arrive. And it's like Pokemon Go in the way that you're not going into the wild grass and seeing a random encounter. The Pokemon are in the overworld. Yeah. And they are gorgeously rendered. And the entire environment looks fucking big and beautiful and Breath of the Wild-esque. Yeah, it looks awesome. They even had that like sweeping shot from like under the leg into the environment. Mm-hmm. The music start, like, ramps up. Again, it's going to be taking place in England. It is gorgeous. Uh, we're, we've seen a bunch of different biomes. Uh, a bunch of new Pokemon were announced. We got... Oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. Go. You can do it. Uh, Mo- so is it? Wooloo? Yeah, Wooloo, Wooloo is looks a so normal cute. type. Everybody on the internet fell in love with it. It's a little sheep. Uh, it's reminiscent of Mareep, but like 100,000 times cuter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the two legendaries whose names I can hardly pronounce. Yeah, I can't. I tried saying them. I can't do it. There's a sword wolf and a shield wolf, and there was a tease of a third legendary that they're going to be squaring off on because there's usually an evil legendary. Let's be real. In the past yeah. few generations, evil legendaries are shit. Um, we got this uh, big fucking metal crow that's going to be yeah. taking you around. So it, it kind of seems like there's not going to be HMs, which give or take, I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go didn't have HMs. It just kind of had your partner Pokemon could do different things, mm-hmm. which is really convenient, honestly, not having an HM slave. Uh, other than that, we got a gigantic fucking turtle based off of the Dreadnought uh, ships that are British famous. Yeah. He looks so cool. Just so beefy and chunky. Right? I love him. Uh, we got these two flower Pokemon. Uh, one's the evolution of the other. They're really cute. It's kind of like a dandelion. Yeah. It's like a jump fluff. It looks like jump fluff, but like new, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is adorable. Um, we got a couple of gym leaders. Uh, from the demo, we can see that there's going to be this big, uh, this uh, water type gym leader. She's really cool looking. I forget their names. I wish I had the names on me, but it's, yeah. like, it's Pokemon. There's 900 of them. And we got this big beefcake grass boy, and I love him. Oh, uh, he's so good. And he's a nice little ginger guy. He looks super happy, kind of like Australian-esque in a way. Mm-hmm. I love him. Um, other than that, there's going to be the Dynamaxing mechanic where you can make your Pokemon into a fucking Kaiju and fight. Yeah, it's so cool. There's also the Dynamax Raid mechanic where uh, up to four players can square up against a Dynamaxed Pokemon in the wild and fight it and try I to catch it. I think this is like the thing I'm most excited for to like gang up with a couple people and just attack one Pokemon. Because it sounds so cool. It finally gives an online multiplayer option that isn't just squaring off with somebody. Yeah. Like a co-op mechanic in Pokemon is incredible. Yeah, it's so cool. And what it does for the meta, apparently you Dynamax, it lasts for three turns, and your Pokemon does a shitload more damage, and it takes a lot more punishment. So, but you can't switch it out, which is very interesting. So you have to pick your moment, your opportunity, you got to find an advantage. Uh, I feel like the new meta is going to be which Pokemon will Dynamax at this moment. Um, 
what are they going to do? How are they going to operate? What damage can they actually do? Different move sets. What kind of things can you do when Dynamaxed? Very excited. A couple new Pokemon were announced with the uh, demo. There's going to be an electric Corgi, and there's going to be a little Imp, which I love. Yes. (sighs) So that's, I think, all for Pokemon. Sword and Shield looks great. It's coming out November 15th. Very happy about that. What else was from Nintendo, Christian? Uh, do I talk about the thing I'm most excited about? <laughs> what are you most excited about, Chris? We're getting a fucking Breath of the Wild sequel. Oh, and I'm so ready. We could that for the end, but we're talking nope, about it now. We're talking about it now because that's what I'm most excited about. Oh, we got like a 30-second max like trailer of Zelda and Link going through a cave. Zelda has like short hair, which looks really cute. She cutie. And it's just super creepy, super dark. You see, like, the a lot of... of Ganondorf at yeah. the bottom of the fucking dungeons of Hyrule. And all of a sudden, he, like, cracks his neck and looks at the two, and his eyes start to glow red. And it's, like, fucking creepy. It honestly scares the shit out of me a little bit, and it's it, awesome. If this... It, because it's a follow-up, and the last time we got a direct follow-up was um, Majora's Mask... This looks like it's going to be the Majora's Mask of the Breath of the Wild universe. Yeah. It is creepy. It is out of left field. Um, It looks ominous as shit. Even more ominous than the Breath of the Wild already got. And Breath of the Wild was pretty fucked up at times. Yeah. I really hope there's some dungeon crawling in this sequel. Oh, please. My favorite part of Breath of the Wild is crawling through the, uh, the castle itself. So if we can get more, like, tight spaces like that, I would be super happy. Tight spaces and... More actual dungeons would be nice. I would because love the Divine that. Beasts were one thing, but it was like three quarters of a dungeon. It almost scratched that itch. If I could get some tight dungeon design, I'd be very, very happy with this game. It'd be so cool. Oh, Other I'm than that, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> uh, we're going to lead up into my favorite thing because I have other things to talk about first. We're getting ports of Spyro Collection. We're getting some Bethesda games. We're getting, as I talked about earlier, uh, we're getting The Witcher 3 Deluxe Edition, so that's going to come with all the DLC involved. Yep. Doom Eternal's coming on the Switch. Which is which, surprising. That game yeah. looks like a technological marvel, and they're going to cram that shit onto the handheld. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably going to run at 30 frames per second, which, you know, it is what it is. But it is going to be Doom Eternal on the Switch. I love that Bethesda and Nintendo are teaming up to give us a lot of ports of great games. We already got Doom, Skyrim, uh, Wolfenstein 2. I think the new Wolfenstein might be on the Switch. I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's cool. It shows, like, yes, you can put your game on the Switch. It will work. Exactly. It's, it, even with stuff like Mortal Kombat be, running at 60 frames per second on there, it's very impressive. Very happy that the Switch is getting uh, its due. Yes. It's not like a Wii situation where you have to totally reformat the entire fucking game to put it on a Nintendo console. Yeah. Other than that, fucking, oh, my God, dude. So last year we got uh, No More Heroes, Travis Strikes Again, Mm -hmm. which is a top-down beat-em-up. I thought I was going to hate it, and it ended up being one of my favorite games to come out. Actually, was it this year or last year? I think it was this year. I thought it was last year. I don't remember. Either or. It's a fantastic game. It's a ton of fun. And at the end of that game, it teased that there would be a No More Heroes sequel. And when I saw some goofus fucking burst out of his goddamn apartment and go into an alien spaceship... I was like, what is this new IP? Mm-hmm. And then when he gets out of his common Rider mech suit and he's in a fucking red jacket with his hair slicked back, I was like, holy shit, Travis is back. No More <laughs> Heroes 3 is a, an exclusive to the Switch. Hell yeah. Travis is fucking one of my favorite protagonists. He's really fucked up and scary. 
Uh, he's like otaku culture taken to its radical extremes and like what violence uh, for the sake of violence can do to a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, no More Heroes is dark, especially No More Heroes Travis Strikes Again. It's like very critical on nostalgia and it's just a great series. And with uh, Suda51 actually at the helm of director, hopefully, because he directed Travis Strikes Again. It'll be dark, creepy, fucked up. The writing will be better because No More Heroes 2, I don't think, was written by him. Mm, okay. Uh, that's why it was kind of goofy. But if No More Heroes 3 is actually directed by Goichi Suda, holy shit, this is going to be a great game. Yeah. I've never played a no-, no More Heroes game, but I'm excited to dive in. It's stupendous. No More Heroes is one of my favorite franchises, as you know. <laughs> so I'm excited. So, No More Heroes 3, we got some Astral Chain gameplay, a new trailer. Oh, it looks so good. I already have that one pre-ordered, but Astral Chain is going to be the one where it's, like, monsters coming over from a different universe, and you're using these uh, these chains to kind of keep them bound, and you're using them and, impl- and, like, having them in combos, and then you're doing your own combos on top of that. I love combos that transfer from one character to another. Oh, yeah. That's that good shit. And fucking, who are the Platinum... They know how to make great combat. Oh, yeah. Ugh, play De- Bayonetta 2 all the time. So I'm very excited about that. The story looks like it's going to be kind of dark, kind of end-of-the-world apocalypse Uh Really excited about it. It kind of reminds me of SMT in terms of tone, actually. Yeah. I like to see them take a different route in tone ag- against uh, Bayonetta. Uh, nice unfortunately, though, things. we didn't see any Bayonetta this year. Yeah. Sad news, but Astral Chain looks great. So. It might be a direct later in the year... It might be a direct early next year. It might become to E3 next year. We don't know. But we do know that Bayonetta 3 is still in development. Same with SMT5, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got no information on SMT5 this year. Hopefully, again, a direct will pick up on that. But, hey, we're getting doomed. (laughs) Yeah. Other than that, what else was there? There We got Banjo-Kazooie for for Smash Ultimate. Oh, my gosh. It was so cute because... um, it was Diddy, Donkey Kong, and King K. Rule. They were just hanging out in fucking Donkey Kong's house. And you see this jiggy fly out the window, and it's like, oh. <laughs> and then the fucking Duck Hunt dog's like, ha ha, I trolled you, LOL. And then fucking Banjo and Kazooie drop down from the fucking ceiling, knock him out. He's like, ah, I'm here. I'm queer. I'm ready to party. <laughs> yes. Banjo and Kazooie uh. is going to be in Smash. They're going to be the fall 2019 uh, character, which means... Expect to get him about two days later because those servers are fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh. I'm very, very excited. Um, doesn't mean we're getting another Banjo and Kazooie game, but it does mean that Nintendo's uh, kind of recent partnership with Microsoft is going well. Yeah. So excited to see where that goes. I'm excited to see his moveset. Uh, probably there's going to be more information in the coming months, probably mm-hmm. especially in the summer. Very, very excited. Speaking of things in the summer. Are we talking about your favorite? We're talking about my favorite. You go. Take the floor. So I was talking about – it was kind of telling when we were talking about where our predictions are for E3 that I didn't mention this one because I honestly didn't think it had a, ch- a snowball's chance in hell mm-hmm. of actually getting something. We've been waiting for this ever since it was announced last year when Super Smash Brothers was being talked about and Isabel came out. There was a little trailer. And it sounded like the like the roaring of an engine. I was like, oh, some other fucking IP. Are you serious? We're not going to get it this time. <laughs> and they led up to this. Like, if you saw the direct, he was, like, really invested in this game. He's like, we're really excited to show you this, guys. Ooh. <laughs> New Animal Crossing. 
Animal Crossing New Horizon is coming out on the Nintendo Switch March 30th, 2020. Don't even give a fuck that it's not coming out in 2019. Yeah. Uh, there's a new crafting mechanic. Uh, it looks like there's a lot of quality of life. Because in um, Animal Crossing... Uh, new Leaf? New Leaf. They got an update where it was Welcome Amiibo. Where... Uh, the amiibo cards were introduced with his genie character, and a lot of quality of life updates were put in there. Mm-hmm. Just like using the touch screen to place furniture was really convenient instead of putting it down and then having to move it around manually, which was so nice. Yeah. That was taken from Happy Home Designer, by the way. Um, it looks like it's going to have those quality of life updates uh, with there's this pole that you could just stick in the water and cross rivers yeah. instead of having to walk all the way around your goddamn town to go to a uh, The bridge. single bridge in the town. I'm telling you... <laughs> Spend 300,000 bells to build a new one, asshole. Ha! So, has that. Um, It has path making. You could lay down your own dirt and make your own paths around town, which was something that you had to accomplish by actually making a full textile and designing it with 3DS touchscreen, which was a pain in the ass. I can attest to that because I made my own flag. (laughs) Um and you could just lay it down. You smooth it out with one of those those uh, what are the what are they called? Like those those brick layers, like yeah. smear things. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. All the animations are very polished and cute. The entire aesthetic is very New Leaf. Yeah, uh, it takes place on a deserted island sort of thing. So it feels like you can name your own island. You can craft your own place. You can craft your own items. And I am extremely excited about this game. Yeah, like, more excited than literally any other game. Oh, it looks, it's definitely my second favorite announcement from Nintendo because, I mean, Breath of the Wild sequel. Oh, yeah. But uh, it looks really good. Just it being more interactive in general means that I'm pretty sure I'm going to like it a lot. Exactly. Because I liked New Leaf, but my biggest problems were it was really hard for me to get into a game on the DS because I'm not a big handheld person. Mm-hmm. And two, like, I just wanted to do more. Yeah. And now it looks like you can do more, and I'm so ready for it. Um, other than that, uh, we didn't get any information on Metroid Prime as a trilogy coming out. I forgot one other thing, but we'll mention that in a second. Metroid Prime Trilogy or Metroid Prime 4, which I wasn't exactly expecting. I wasn't either. Uh, because they announced earlier, I think, like late last year, early this year, that they completely restarted development on Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, I feel like it was very early this year that they did that. And so I was... If you were expecting Metroid Prime 4, I think that was foolish. But I don't think it was foolish to think you, we were going to get the trilogy on the Switch. Yeah. I was hoping for that personally, but it's fine. Um, I want them to show a trailer when we have something to show. Rather yeah, than for sure. just showing something because it's Metroid and everybody's excited for it. Yeah. I'll, like, if they just showed us a title card, that'd be lame because we already know it's in development. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we saw a title card last year. I don't want to see another title card just telling me that, yeah, it's still happening because I know it's still happening. Yeah. I don't need to see Bayonetta 3 because I know Bayonetta 3 is coming out. I don't need to see SMT5 because there was an article that told me all hands on deck are at Atlas trying to make this the best game possible. Mm-hmm. We know it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, we didn't see anything from Star Fox. We didn't see anything from Pikmin. I wasn't expecting either of those, honestly. Uh, if you were, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. We we got the best possible Star Fox game in that uh, Battle for Atlas game, Starlink. Oh, with so the, cool. Uh, Star Fox DLC. Very cool game. Mm-hmm. Um, am I missing anything? Oh, yeah. We got the uh, Secret of Mana trilogy. The Mana trilogy is going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. It's already there. I saw it on the eShop. 40 bucks, three games. Uh, Secret of Mana, Trial of Mana, and the original 
uh, mana game, which was uh, Final Fantasy Adventure in the United States. It was like Seiken Densetsu in Japan. Mm-hmm. We got the whole trilogy, and we're getting a remaster for the third one that looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, great action RPG franchise. Uh, top down, everybody knows Secret of Mana is amazing. So Sweet. I don't need to go into too much depth on that. Looks great. $40, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I love that the Switch is getting like a whole lot of indie games, a whole lot of ports and remasters, oh, fuck. and new shit. Shit, I'm dumb. What? Fuck shit. Fuck we shit. forgot to talk about fucking Devolver. I honestly haven't heard a single thing, but from what you told me, uh, Devolver had their annual press conference, and they always have the best press conference because it's like almost a short film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one they parodied the Nintendo Direct, which was very fucking funny. <laughs> it's always gory and stupid and. It's so much fun. The announcer is the best. Um, we got announcements for... <laughs> this is so goddamn dumb. House of the Gun Dead. Yes. Which is an actual real-life arcade cabinet that you can buy with your money, and they are trying to sell to actual arcades. Oh, yes. So this, <laughs> this might be at your Dave & Buster's. This might be at your local arcade. It is a light gun shooter based off of how, uh, Enter the Gungeon. The sprite quality is amazing. Uh, it looks like it's taking a lot of cues from older sort of games, which means it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I love Enter the Gungeon, so I'm very, very excited about something that is this fucking stupid. If I can play a light gun game on my Switch, I'm so down. No, it's a real, like, it's a fucking, the only way that you're going to be able to play it is the actual tower, the, the full cabinet. Ah. Okay. It is so goddamn. Can we stupid. buy that for the apartment? <laughs> well, I mean, if it's two grand divided by three, we could do that. Maybe. <laughs> I would be willing. Fuck it. Other than that, uh, we got announcements for um, this weird, dumb devolver uh, ripoff thing game, like eight mini games representing games from Devolver's past. Yeah. Like Hi- Hotline Milwaukee <laughs> and Enter the Gun Dungeon. <laughs> It's really dumb. It's like five bucks on Steam, and it's one percent off right now if you want to sale. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. I love it. That's so cute. Um, we got Carrion, which I am personally the most excited for. Carrion is a uh, reverse survival horror game. They describe it as mm-hmm. gorgeous two D pixel art. You are basically this horrible flesh monster that is attacking the science, like trying to escape this uh, science research bay. You're gonna attack with all manner of human uh, reinforcements, but I don't think it's going to do too much because you are, again, a gigantic flesh monster. Mm-hmm. It's um, nice to see you as the monster. That's really oh, cool. Oh, I love that shit. It reminds me of... Um, oh, it's this one other game. It's not Devolver. I forget. You're like this horrifying butcher. Uh, do you, remember, you remember I like that game a yeah. whole lot. It's this pixelated, horrifying game where you're this terrible android man going around killing people. Ton of fun, really creepy, gory as shit. Reminds me of that. Um, other than that, we got an announcement that fucking my friend Pedro actually has an announcement, tra- a, a date to come out. It's coming out on June 20th. Ah, so soon. I want it so bad. I have, already have it pre-ordered on my Switch, so when it comes out, it's just going to unlock. I'm going to be able to play my friend Pedro, a game I've been waiting for since last year. No info on Metal Wolf Chaos Remake, Mm-mm. which is a bummer, but at the same time, I could wait for it. Honestly, yeah. it is wild that we even got metal wolf chaos remake going mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and they they announced this uh playstation pc exclusive game it looks like one of those like japanese game shows where people are getting pushed off of shit but you're a little jelly man 
Mm. <laughs> All right. And it's like 200 player multiplayer and it's just an obstacle course and it looks cute as shit. Also very dumb. There's another game that they just announced. It was like this grappling game where you're like a head with two arms like a fucking Geo dude and you're trying to swing around and use momentum with multiple players to get through levels. Okay. I thought that was really cute. Yeah. Uh, Devolver had a pretty good showing at E3. Love them. And it's weird to see the dodge roll made a fucking light gun game. Let's hope they do something cool and different next year, as they always do. Devolver is kind of at the peak of doing weird, dumb, subversive shit for their press conferences. Very excited to see uh, the development next year. Very excited to see uh, these games from Nintendo. Yeah, I hope dodge roll has something next year. And let's hope we get a Nindy's press uh, press show, because that's always a ton of fun. Oh, yeah. Um... What time are we running at? We are at an hour. At an hour? We got time to talk about one more thing. Ooh. Yes, we do. Christian and I, unfortunately not Bailey because he went to see Detective Pikachu again with his girlfriend, saw John Wick 3 Parabellum. And it's amazing. Oh! It's so good. John Wick 3 follows up immediately after John Wick 2, where uh, if you haven't seen John Wick 2, there's going to be spoilers for both of them. Uh, just going to spoil John Wick 2 real quick. We're going to have a segment where we talk about the movie in general. Then we're going to talk about spoilers. We'll let you know. So spoiling John Wick 2, uh, John Wick shoots somebody in the hotel and is excommunicado. Yep. Which means everyone who's part of the high table is coming after him, which means almost everyone in the city is what it feels like <laughs> at times. There's like bike couriers. There's some fucking dude for Postmates or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody's after John Wick. He has like a $14 million bounty on his head. Mm-hmm. And John Wick 3 picks up right after that. Yeah, like um, he's running in the streets. Yeah, he's got an hour to use yeah. services. One hour. And picks up from there. Let's start with our non-spoilery talk. Um, as a follow-up to John Wick Part 2, which was my favorite action movie until John Wick Part 3, mm-hmm. this is pretty much the perfect action movie. Yeah, it. they keep adding more and more dumb shit to these movies. Like, you think you've seen all the kills that John Wick can do, and then they just keep bringing out more shit for the new ones, and it's so good. And it just keeps getting more and more wild. Like, mm-hmm. you, you think you see, like, the most wild shit from John Wick Part 3, where he's fighting a sumo wrestler, and he's grappling on top of his head, and he's, like, get him in a chokehold and shooting down on his head with a fucking silenced pistol. Like, you think that shit's wild? Watch John Wick 3. Yeah. And then, like... We, you get to hear more about the high table and, like, what happens with it and more of the lore, which I'm super... Like, I love John Wick strictly because of the action, but all of the lore that happens kind of in the background is really interesting. Yeah, it's like... Oh, man, I can't spoil anything. It's like... Yet. It's definitely a movie that relies on, like, the rules of the universe they've created, which I really like to see them, like, stick to it. It's a very fascinating universe, and it's like they only show, like, little snippets, and it's like we're not seeing exactly john wick's backstory but it's a lot of implications it's an action movie that is very dumb yes but it also allows the audience to use their brains yeah and kind of connect a and b together Mm -hmm. so very excited about the the not the non-possibility the actual reality of a john wick part four uh, because john wick three ends on a big fuck off cliffhanger just like the second one did uh just like the first one didn't (laughs) yeah and like after opening weekend of John Wick 3, they were like, okay, we're making a fourth one now. <laughs> yeah, they, they announced it like lickety split. Um, in terms of acting, Keanu Reeves is fucking fantastic as oh, always. Yeah. 
uh, John Wick is a very is a fascinating character in my opinion because he shows a lot more heart in this one. Honestly, he's super likable, even though he's literally killing the entire city. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a bad guy, but he's not the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoy. Let me pull up the IMDb real quick. Um, it's kind of a grab bag of action movies. We have uh, Lawrence Fishburne in there. Oh yeah. Uh, playing what's his what's his fucking title? He plays this underground. Uh, information courier, the king of that. Yeah. He he looks like he's a part of the high table, but doesn't respect them at all, you know? No, he kind of seems like, from what it was implied, he's like under the power of the high table, but he's disconnected from it. Yeah. Like, it feels like it was kind of a hostile takeover sort of thing. Like, if you want to operate, you're going to have to operate beneath us. Mm -hmm. Just like the uh, hotel. Yeah, for sure. Just one second... Boom. And other than that, it's pretty much just a grab bag of uh, action movie people mm-hmm. uh, from the last decade and a half, I would say. Just one second. Yeah. Halle Berry is yep. in there. She's one of my favorite fucking people. Halle Berry is a wonderful actress. She does great in this movie. Oh, she does so fucking good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is an assassin that uses a pair of German shepherds to get oh. shit done. Best, best, best. Uh, Ian McShane as Winston is always, always, always good. He's one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, he is the manager of the hotel. He does a great job. I love his character. I love how casual he is. He has a lot of uh, dark humor towards the back half of this movie mm-hmm. uh, when it starts to focus on the um, hotel. Oh, fuck, I can't spoil it. You know what? Fuck it. We're in spoiler talks. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really liked the some of the new characters like... Uh, Asia Kate Dillon as the uh, kind of the facilitator of the high table. Oh, yeah. She's really hateable. She's a great villain, I think, for this movie. Yeah, she does a really good job of, like, you see her and you're instantly like, I don't like her. Exactly. (laughs) She kind of comes in and she's the messenger for the high table. She's very monotone. uh, But with the humor of the movie, it kind of pokes out her little bits of personality. That's what I love about it. It uh, It follows to a T, show, don't tell. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. In this movie, we get to see uh, John Wick's origins, kind of. Mm-hmm. He grew up in the Russian mob, and the back half of this theater is kind of a training ground for assassins. You see uh, all these young men uh, learning uh, martial arts in the back, throwing each other around like John Wick does. Yeah. Uh, he's got like kind of this mother character, this uh, woman that teaches ballet in the front. And there's, it's just so cool. Yeah. It's really cool to see more of the, like, history that's happening without being, like, flooded with information. Exactly. And it's not anybody being like, let's talk about the high table. You get, get just get to see it, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Yeah. And they don't ever forget anything about the previous movies. Like, in the last movie, John Wick had to go back into fighting people because he had a pendant to fill out. I forget what it's called. Um where you have to put your fingerprint print in blood to say that you completed the task the other person wanted you to do. And it's nice to see that referenced again in the third one when he asks to get help from someone that he made a pendant on, which was super interesting. Um, whoever the villain is, the um, sushi maker that has just a bunch of minions. Uh, Mark, oh man, holy shit. Uh, I don't want to mispronounce this. It's uh, Mark... Deca, so oh man, who who places him? Mark Deca, I'm trying to say his name now. Fuck. Mark, he's just Mark. Mark, 
Uh, he is great. He's very charismatic. Let's just go through the plot real quick. Who plays as him? Mark. Does it say? Just Mark. Mark His name plays is Mark, Mark. Dacus Coes or something like that. Huh. His name isn't Mark. I'm just, I was trying to pronounce the actor's name. Oh, okay. Very sorry I couldn't pronounce it. Um, so the story kicks off. We are an hour away from John Wick getting excommunicado, which means he can't use any of the services uh, available for the high people that have joined the high table mm-hmm. and are assassins under it. Uh, he's running around with his pit bull. I don't remember if it has a name. Nope, just dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first and foremost, he uh, gets uh, stitched up at a doctor's office, and there's a really funny scene in there where they're like, they're not going to believe I stopped stitching you at the hour mark, John. Yeah. They're going to know I helped you get the, that medicine. So he's like, shoot me non-lethally here and here. <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. It was also cute to see John try to get a taxi and be like, you know what? Actually, just take the dog here instead of taking me somewhere. And mm-hmm. the dog goes safely into the hotel, which is super cute. And it kind of continues to open up the influence of the high table that he knew that particular taxi driver would be a member of the high table. Yeah. And he could just use one of his golden coins on him. Uh, in this movie, uh, John is trying to get unexcommunicadoed because literally he has a $14 million bounty on his head. Mm-hmm. He goes to the uh, New York Public Library, which is kind of exciting for a person like me that listens to their podcast to actually see the New York Public Library. <laughs> yeah. Um, where he gets a pennant to uh, request help from Halle Berry yeah. in the uh, middle of the movie. This is the second act, I think. Yeah. So he does that. He's getting attacked by assassins all over the fucking place. Uh, the high table is trying to use uh, their cor- their uh, information courier to uh, exact justice on all the people that have helped John Wick in the last movie and in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they excommunicate the hotel. Uh, they take away Lawrence Fishburne's power over the underground. Mm-hmm. And he's very pissed about that. <laughs> yeah, they also give him, what was it, like six Seven cuts. days. Se- seven. seven cuts because he gave John Wick seven bullets. Yeah, seven days to get the fuck out and seven cuts because they gave him seven bullets. Yeah. And Oof. everybody's fucking pissed off at the high table. We're starting to see a resistance movement building up against the high table, trying mm-hmm. to overthrow him. We saw John Wick fuck with them last time by killing one of the members of the high table. Actually, two of them, the brother and the sister. Yep. Well, actually, she killed herself. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he was supposed to kill her, so. Supposed to, but she's too much of a bad bitch to let John touch her. Fuck that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, we go to Egypt, which is really exciting. Yeah, it was a nice change of, like, scenery. Yeah, instead of the cities of New York, the, the streets of New York, we get to see Cairo and everything. Oh, no, it wasn't Cairo. Where was it? It was Casablanca. Yeah, I think it was Casablanca. No, not Casablanca. Where's Casablanca takes pla- take place? I don't know. He was somewhere around there. <laughs> South America. We're in South yeah. America, actually. It wasn't Egypt. Fuck, I'm dumb. He goes to Egypt, though. Yeah, that's when... Uh, I think it's Egypt, yeah. When he's trying to find the leader of the high Above table. Above the high table. Yeah. <laughs> so he finds him. He says, okay, you can come back if you're willing to kill uh, the owner and operator of the hotel in New York. And it's like, ah, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he convinces John to work against them. And I think my favorite action scene of... Any movie of all time happens in that hotel. He turned down the lights. Uh, the uh, security of the hotel is instantaneously gunned down because these are guys wearing body armor. And it's super interesting to see John operate around that. Yeah. It was it was interesting because all of the high table henchmen that are going into the hotel trying to kill John and the owner of the hotel, they have like bulletproof armor. 
and you can see John like trying to shoot them and it doesn't affect them and he starts to get pissed and like lifts up their masks and shoots them in the face. It's, it creates this really interesting dynamic of him using the handgun instead of a lethal force. He's using it to stagger them for a second. Yes. And kind of create distance. And the choreography is, as always, fucking spectacular. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they get fucking fed up. It's John and the uh, the... Oh, my God, the front desk manager. I'm going to have to look his name up. Ah, I love that guy. He's my favorite character in the movie, aside from John. Keep getting asked to use the fucking school's Wi-Fi. God damn you. (laughs) Just do it. Um, Karen, or Chiron. Uh, He's the front desk manager. He's also a badass. After that, they go back in the vault, and they're like, fuck it, we're using shotguns. And I look over at Christian, and I always remember this, and I was like, if they don't blow somebody's head off, this movie wasn't worth it. First thing, John Wick fucking, they're in, like, the the archive room where they keep all the evidence of the high table and destroy it and keep it. Mm -hmm. He, like, puts his fucking gun over a shelf and blows somebody's fucking head off. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. This movie is violent as fuck, by the way. Oh, yeah. There's some kills where you're like, "Uh, nope, don't like this. Like in one of the opening scenes of the movie, he's in like this this high class museum area and there's like a bunch of guns and he's like breaking them open to get uh, get his hands on this uh, Winchester revolver or whatever. Yeah. And the funniest fucking thing, he like shoots the first uh, henchman, uh, one of Mark's henchmen because the high table goes after him as their group of assassins or like ninja assassins, which is fucking cool. Yeah. They hide in the shadows. Uh, the first one he shoot no, actually, this is the triad scene. Mm-hmm. The Chinese triad is after him. You hear the the old Western trill when he shoots him in the fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> it's dumb as shit. And then they completely give up on that, and they're like, knife fight, knife fight, knife fight. And they're in this big fuck-off room with glass and shelves full of knives, and you're like, uh. And they start with this hand fight, and John's getting the shit beat out of him, and they both realize at the same time that this room is full of knives. They bust open the display cases, and they start throwing knives at each other. John Wick makes a fucking knife rack out of a dude. Oh, yeah. And the fight ends with this poor bastard. He's, like, lying on the ground, and he's like, oh, fuck, man, this sucks. John Wick breaks open another case, grabs an axe, and fucking throws it into his head across the (laughs) room. Uh, it was like it was such overkill. I absolutely loved it. So so good. There's also a lot of dick-based violence in this movie. Like in that scene, somebody gets stabbed in the dick. In the first fight, uh, John Wick karate chop, double karate chops this big tall dude in the dick. Oh yeah, you get to see the dogs that Halle Berry commands, like just attacking dudes in the dick. Uh, I, John uses a shotgun to blow somebody's dick off, which is really hardcore. John fights dirty towards the end of the movie. Oh, He's tired. Fuck, yeah. In the middle there, there's a a horse versus motorcycle fight. There's a moment in the stables where John like slaps a horse on the ass and gets it to kick somebody and it staves their fucking head in, which is hardcore. Mm -hmm. Uh, He does it again. Horse kicks a dude in the head twice. It's really rough to look at. It's bad. He also stabs a dude like right in the eye. And I thought there was going to be like- That was the scene that made me go, okay, nope. (laughs) My favorite part about being in the theater was- um, like hearing people reacting to everything, like you think it's a movie theater, everybody's gonna be quiet. People were like, "Oh!" and you can hear it around the theater, and people were clapping for certain kills that were badass. Like there's yeah. a scene where uh, John's squaring up with the fucking the the group of Japanese guys, and he cuts somebody's fucking tendon, and his arm goes floppy, and it falls into the spokes of a motorcycle, and it flips the motorcycle over, and everybody was like on their fucking feet for that shit. Yeah, it was so cool. Ugh. And the final fight with, um, there was a scene at the end with uh, one of the guys from the raid. He was the Mad Dog. Incredible choreography. Oh yeah. Uh, they're disappearing into the shadows and reappearing, and it's a two of against one fight. And John Wick just starts using fucking 
uh, WWE moves. He's lifting people over shoulders and power bombing them through plexiglass and shit. Incredible fight, especially with the last guy at the end. Yeah, it's it was nice to see John just tired and starting to fight dirty. Like, there's these ninja guys doing like ninja flips and stuff like that, and John's just fighting dirty. He's punching like, people in the nuts. He's picking them up and grabbing them. He's using his belt at one point. Oh, that part was great. He just pulls his belt off, and I'm like, shit, Dad, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to whip these kids' asses. It was so good. And it was nice to see, like, everyone that John was fighting, like, respects him. They're like, oh, this is the fight of the light. And he lets them go. He's like, you know what, man? You're good. Mm-hmm. Well, f- well, if you want to finish this some other time, we're going to finish this some other time, but I respect you. And he walks away. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the movie, uh, Winston betrays John. He shoots him off the t- off of the um, top of the hotel. Basically, well, not the top. If it was the top, yeah, he'd not be the fucked. top, but like one of the balconies, I guess. It's at least like five stories up. Oh yeah, be- the- just John is fucked up. Uh, one of um, Lawrence Fishburne's underlings brings him down to the underground. He started. He's taking his operation underground, very literally. Mm-hmm. And the next movie is going to be John Wick. And friends versus the high table, and I'm very, very excited. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne's like, "Are you mad, John?" And John just like lifts his head and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Cut to fucking black. Ugh. Uh So overall, better than John Wick two, better than John Wick one. It's gory as shit. These movies keep getting gorier, dude. Yeah, it's definitely the best just action movie I've ever seen. And so good. it's just going to keep getting better, I hope. Mm-hmm. If John Wick 4 is a disappointment, that's going to hurt me because was... this is the strongest trilogy in action movies so far. Oh, yeah. It's one of the best trilogies ever made, I would say. I'm surprised that they made a second one. And now if they just keep going on, I'm super stoked. And we still haven't learned what John Wick's impossible task was even. Like, there's still so much about John Wick and his background and all this shit that we don't know. And it's very, very purposeful, and I think the writing is very good because of that. It doesn't feel the need to continue to feed you all this bullshit. It doesn't feel the need to directly tell you a lot of things. Uh, The writing is corny. It takes place in kind of a heightened reality where everybody spits out one-liners and everything, but it very much works with the tone of the movie, I think. Yeah. Um, I really love the colors of the movie. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be for a while because the first, like, 10 or 20 minutes was a lot of blue and orange. They were starting to bring in lots of neon colors and reds and... Uh, it's it's just a gorgeous looking movie, yeah. Uh, and my favorite thing about John Wick is always the cinematography. Oh, the cinematography is amazing. Like I I love how they have the restraint to use longer takes and not use a bunch of different fucking cuts. Because if you've seen the worst fight scene ever was in Resident Evil Two, where it's uh the Mila Jovovich versus uh, Nemesis. It's just all these quick cuts and it doesn't make any fucking sense. They just have a sense of being able to track the characters and show you what they're doing, uh, what moves they're pulling, what they're trying to accomplish. Everything is in the frame, and they don't, they're don't they not cutting all over the place to take shortcuts. This is not a movie with shortcuts. It's a movie with very, very good cinematography and fight choreography. Yeah, the camera placement is really awesome sometimes. Like the scene where John throws the axe at the guy's head, the camera is like almost literally on the guy's lap, so you mm-hmm. see the axe fling at him, which was really cool to see. <laughs> yeah, there's like a soft blur on John, and you kind of see him operating in the background, and it focuses in on him, and it kind of follows the axe with the motion blur right into his head. It's beautiful. So cool. Very, very good scenes in this movie. Uh, some of the best action set pieces I've ever seen, like that big fuck-off scene with the dogs, and there's all these big moving parts and long takes, which... It feels like those would take fucking forever to do, especially with animal actors. Yeah. And it's just good. Mm -hmm. It's just a very well-made movie, and I can't wait to see how 
with the success of John Wick, this one had a bigger budget than the second one, which had a bigger budget than the third one. I mean, the first one, which had like very little budget and still was like one of the best looking action movies ever made. How they're going to expand John Wick as a universe, how they're going to top John Wick 3 because fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I like three great movies in a row. I am just, I'm not doubtful at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm blown away. I love Keanu Reeves. Again, Keanu Reeves being in more things is such a good thing. Him being in uh, Cyberpunk 2077, fantastic. Him being in, um, what was it, the new Bill and Ted movie. Oh, yeah. He's in Toy Story 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, just more Keanu Reeves, please. He's excellent. He went from an actor that like hadn't done anything in a while to now he's everywhere. Just I'm because so of John Wick. Yeah, literally. Like He was in John Wick and he was in that shitty Eli Roth movie nobody cared about. But everybody loves him as John Wick. He's just such a charismatic, great actor. Um, and this is a role that was just fucking built for the, by, from the ground up for, John, for Keanu Reeves. Yeah, it works very well. I absolutely love it. So, um, pretty disappointing E3. Great Nintendo press conference. Excited for a lot of things coming out in 2020 and 2019. Um, very excited for John Wick coming out, 4 coming out in 2021, I believe. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. This has been episode 28 of the I Can Dig It podcast. I hope you enjoyed this longer episode. We had a lot to talk about just because so much fucking happened in two weeks. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to get this one out. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can contact the podcast at I, at I Can Dig It Pod on Twitter. You can find Christian at, at, at I Chris Romero and myself at Duco Zombies. Um, if you want to email the show, ask us some questions, comments, concerns. We are I can dig it 18 at gmail.com. I hope no concerns. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to um, rate the show, review the show, we are pretty much everywhere. Yes. Uh, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify. Um, Overcast, everything. Overcast. We are pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts, but if you want to help the show out, um, we don't have any Patreon or anything. So if you do want to help us out, you can help us out by liking and reviewing the show. Um, sharing it with a buddy sharing it with a buddy that's how podcasts grow we don't have any marketing arm we just have our Twitter and we don't have a Twitter following so we retweet it and we hope it gets out there and we hope people enjoy it so if you enjoy the podcast uh, bring it to somebody who, uh, somebody else who might enjoy it uh, we just like talking about things we can dig oh yeah we hope you can dig them so this has been episode 28 of I Can Dig It Podcast I've been Ike. I've been Christian. And Bailey's going to be back next episode. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Adios. Take it away, Stitcher lady.